This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. In the last week, Pastor Tom has been dealing with the subject, the essentials of our faith. Particularly, last week I was intrigued by the message about cultural discernment because we live in a day and an age that people are comfortable with having church experiences with Babylonian mindsets. People are comfortable with being children of God, but they are indoctrinated by strange cultures and values of Adam's family. If the foundations be destroyed, the Bible says, what shall the righteous do? The scriptures remind us that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. You see, when God says, God's word says no, even if a million people say yes, and even though a million people gives it a million likes, it still doesn't negate the validity and the truth of God's word. Can somebody say amen? Today, all around in our society, many are confused. Many are lacking in biblical values. The reason being is that they consult Google more often about life situations more than they do God. They post and tweet rather than pray and teach. Technology is good, but only to the extent that it does not replace God and the leading of his spirit in our lives. Can somebody say amen? So in the last few months, we have seen people all around the world living in fear and anxiety. According to the CDC, young people are now experiencing the highest rate of mental and emotional fatigue in American history and due to the factors ranging from COVID-19, racial tension. In fact, the CDC says one in three Americans have cited symptoms of anxiety and depression and in, uh, since April 2020 and sickness, death, riots, looting, social distancing have joined forces to wage war against self-esteem and the human psychic and sleep. And the fears that we had before has now been doubled, raised to the power 10. And why the world is filled with fear? Believers, we have been encouraged to live by faith. That's why Apostle Paul writes to young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. Apostle Paul told Timothy, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. Somebody say, God has not given us the spirit of fear. But he has given us the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Somebody say, Amen. Now, what you will notice is that Paul wrote this letter to, to Timothy shortly he, before he was executed for the cause of Christ. And young Timothy was in doubt. Young Timothy was fearful for losing his father in the Lord Paul. He was afraid of ending up like Paul in debt. And Paul knew that Timothy had a lot of fear. And Paul was telling Timothy, God that you serve has not given you the spirit of fear. So you must resist fear. 
I wanted to boldly declare across this room, even you that are seated right now at home, declare I will not fear. One more time, say I will not fear. And even if you're faced with sickness, and even if you're faced with a job loss, and even if you're faced with a depressed economy, I will not fear. You know, we are told that there are about 365 phrases of fear not in the Bible, one for each day of the year. Someone has said that fear is an acronym for false evidence appearing real. But child of God, I'm here to tell you this morning that the fear around you is no match for the faith within you. Somebody say amen. Someone said, fear knocked on the door. Fate answered, and there was no one there. Last week, Pastor Tom talked about what to do in difficult seasons in a culture that is Babylonian in nature, how to have cultural discernment. And he looked at the story of Daniel. Today, we're going to look at another story the story of Daniel's friends whom we know as Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the power of your word. The Bible says that the entrance of your word brings light. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let your word not only bring information, let it bring transformation. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Somebody say aloud, hallelujah. So looking at the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, back in the day, we learned the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in kids on the school class. And I remember a mother telling her children in order to get them to bed, that it's Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed you go. Many of us know the story. And one of the things that we'll begin to see in the story, we're going to begin to dwell the story, but looking at the chronological sequence from the book of Daniel, we begin to understand in Daniel chapter 1, the children of Judah, the children of Israel were taken captive by King Nebuchadnezzar. And they were taken captive in Daniel chapter 1. In Daniel chapter 2, we see that King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And Daniel, by the grace of God, interpreted that dream. And in Daniel chapter 3, we see the story of the three Hebrew boys, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And from the chronological sequence of the story, you would see that from the time Daniel and the three Hebrew boys arrived in Babylon, the pressure was on for the boys to be indoctrinated into the culture of Babylon. The young men were put into true intense in re-education process, indoctrination process. The young men were taught the literature, the culture and of the Babylonians, and they were taught the ways of the Babylonians before entering the king's service. In other words, every possible measure was taken for the children of Israel to forget where they came from 
to forget their people, to forget the God of their people, and to embrace the Babylonian pagan culture that was existing in the time and in that season. You know, the thing about it is, instead of being indoctrinated, the three Hebrew boys decided to remain faithful to Jehovah throughout the years of Babylon. They choose to stand faithful. And we know their names, Sadrach, Meshach, Noshach, and Abednego. The thing we don't remember about those three boys is the fact that those were not their Hebrew names. In fact, the Babylonians changed their names. Well, it reminds me of a people in the history of American times. Now, I, I won't go there now. I don't want to step on toes. But those were not their Jewish names. In fact, their names that were given by the Babylonian people, Sadrach, Mishan, and Abednego, when you begin to look at the meaning of the names, we begin to see the reason behind why those names were changed. Sadrach means command of the moon god. Why Meshach means who is what Aku is. Aku was the god of Nebuchadnezzar. And Abednego means servant of Nabu, which is also a, a god of Nebuchadnezzar. All the names were given to reflect their hidden practices. However, their Hebrew names were different. Their Hebrew names were Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And the meaning of this name centered on the worship of the one and true God, Yahweh, Jehovah. And the meaning of their Hebrew names means Ananiah means God or Yahweh has been gracious. Michelle means who is what God is. And Azariah means God or Yahweh or Yah has helped. Why is this background important? It is important because the enemy always wants to change the identity of your reality. The enemy always wants to change your identity. The enemy always wants to confuse you. Remember when the enemy met Eve in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3. The Bible tells us that the devil asked Eve, did God really say that if you eat of the fruit that you will die? And the devil tried to trick Eve and he succeeded and said, when you eat of the fruit, you shall become like God. Now think about it for a moment. What was Eve before when the devil met her? The Bible says they were created in the image and in the likeness of God. So Eve and Adam were already like God in the first place. And that's what the devil always seeks to do. So the enemy changed the name of the Hebrew boys to reflect the Babylonian identity, but the boys refused to give in to the Babylonian culture. Names are important. You know why names are important? Because a name is the most constantly declared prophecy over your life. Because anywhere you go, someone calls your name. And when they speak your name over your life, they are constantly declaring a prophetic word over your life. I remember back in the day, I had a boy in my class in high school. His name meant old man. 
So anytime he was going around, they call him old man. Old man. And he was getting old and old and old. <laughs> Don't accept a name that does not reflect your destiny. When anyone calls you anything that doesn't reflect the destiny that God has put in your life, don't accept that identity. Whenever God met people, he always changed their names. Abraham was changed to what? Abraham. Jacob was changed to Israel. Simon was changed to Peter. And whenever the devil encounters people, he also tries to counteract their destiny. Remember when the devil encountered the woman in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says that after the fall, before the fall, Adam called his wife woman, which meant bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. But after the fall, after Genesis chapter 3, we begin to see that after the fall, Adam changed his wife's name to Eve. And you know what Eve means? mother of all the living. Now, this is my own eisegesis, my own interpretation of that verse. Adam called his wife woman before the fall because he knew that there was a connection, there was a relational bond between him and his wife. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. But after the fall, after the devil stepped in to counteract the bond that they had, he said, now you're going to be the mother of my children and there is no more bond. The devil always seeks to counteract God's destiny in your life. But the boys refuse to accept that identity. Now, globally in the world today, we have an identity crisis. That is why so many businesses around the world prosper in finding out DNAs and some people do a search to find out their heritage. Businesses make a lot of money doing this. Whether I'm half Puerto Rican or I'm half Brazilian. And they make a lot of money. I'm half Scottish and I'm half this. Why I do not neglect any search for your identity? In the kingdom of God, you are not half anything. You are fully a child of God blood washed by the power in the blood of Christ and you have your full identity in Christ led by his spirit and saved by grace can somebody shout aloud hallelujah and by his grace we have his blood flowing in our veins amen praise God Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 the Bible says this God has not given us the spirit of fear somebody say not of fear but of power praise God praise God don't let the enemy steal your identity in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 the Bible says for I know the plans I have towards you plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope that is why we should not fear the reason why you should not fear a child of God is that you have a hope in God tell somebody I have a hope in God now let's go back to our story in Daniel chapter 3 
King Nebuchadnezzar built an image of gold, 60 cubits high and six cubits wide, and set it up in Dara, up on the high plain in the province of Babylon. This man probably made an image of himself. And the Bible says that he was a proud king. He made a proclamation that anyone that has the Babylonian music, has the sound of the harp, has the sound of music, should bow down to the image that he had made. Now the thing about the story was that he wanted any, everyone to worship the image of gold. Now, one of the things in the Babylonian culture is that the Babylonian culture wants you to have a mindset that worships gold. Now, the question I want to ask everyone, I don't have time to preach this, is gold more important to you than God? Is gold more important to you? You have to be able to settle that question. God or mammon, who is your God? So everyone was asked to bow down to the image of gold at the sound of music. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, anyone that does not bow down will be thrown in fire. We are told that the three Hebrew boys refuse to bow. And the king sent for them. Now, we're going to talk about very briefly, and I'm just going to round up the message after we're going to talk about briefly what to do when you are faced with fire. What to do when you are confronted with fire. What do I do? Pastor Alex, what do I do when my life is surrounded by fire? I got a call from a lady the other day, crying on the phone, Pastor Alex, I'm sick, and my life looks like fire. Another day, a few days ago, actually, a lady called and said, I'm just coming from surgery. My husband is losing his sight. My children are going haywire, and everything around me seems to be in trouble. Pastor Alex, it looks like fire. What do you do when you're going through trials? When you're going through the fire? You know, when you're going through trials, it's the best time that your faith can be strengthened. In times, that's when your faith can grow. That's when you have to be willing to allow your faith be stronger than ever. How can your faith be strengthened when all around you is shaken? I want us to take a cue from the three Hebrew boys and let us understand what did Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do when they were faced with fire? The Bible tells us this, and it leads us to our first point. Stand strong. Somebody say, stand strong. Oh, I can't hear you, say stand strong. Or if you're there, say, uh-huh, uh-huh. Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood strong. The Bible says in Daniel, 
chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied the king. Remember, the king told everyone to bow down at the sound of music. And the boys refused to bow down. So the Bible says that the king heard, and the king responded. King Nebuchadnezzar responded, call those boys. And let me find out why they refused to bow. Daniel 3, 16 to 19, the boys replied to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. Somebody say, God is able to deliver. Now lift your right hand and say, God is able to deliver. One more time, say, God is able to deliver. Then I say, our God is able to deliver and he will deliver us from your majesty hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods nor worship the image that you have set up. Praise God. Now, I want you to understand that when this incident happened, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have been between the ages of 11 to 12. They were boys. And they were just taken captive from their homeland. So they were in a strange land. And they were in the king's palace. So they were captives, prisoners, and slaves. So they were not in the most convenient position. So King Nebuchadnezzar called the boys and said, hey boys, maybe you didn't get my email. Or you didn't see my Facebook post or my tweet. But I, I like you guys. And I, I, I told the people, if you had read the email, maybe you guys were busy hanging out with the boys and you missed the email. But if you got my email, I had said in the email that when you hear the sound of music, you are supposed to break dance and bow. But I heard through the grapevine that you did not bow. You know, sometimes I wonder what the grapevine is because if everyone was supposed to bow, who rat, ratted them out? Who did not bow? Who saw them? You know, Nebuchadnezzar said, you know, you guys may have been too busy to hear, but I wanted to hear now. If you hear the sound of music, just bow. When the music starts, you don't have to repost the tweet. You don't have to retweet it. You, you, you don't have to say anything. You, you can still get to do your church stuff on the side and eat your vegetables. And you still get to keep your palace gym membership. But when you hear the music, just bow. That's all you have to do. The boy said to the king, it's like, yo, king, you did not hear what we just said. King, we do not need to explain ourselves. 
We are not going to repost your post. We are not going to retweet your tweet. But oh king, we will not bow. The Bible says the king got angry because the boys stood strong. When you read the story, I may not have time to cover some aspects of the story, but you see in the story, God manifested his divine attributes, his omnipresence. God is everywhere. His omniscience, God is all-knowing and is omnipotent. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing because he showed up exactly when they needed him to show up. You know, child of God, it is dangerous to be present when man is seen, but God is absent. But the boy said, we will stand strong. We will not bow. Our God is able to deliver us. And even if he does not, we will not bow. Now, by, by inductive application of that text, I see that what the boys were saying was this. Our lack of deliverance does not negate his ability to deliver. I wanted to get this. In other words, our difficult experience does not put God's power on trial. Rather, he puts our faith in God's power to the test. You know, I was thinking for a moment, you can imagine people in parts of the world that are subject to situations whereby they have to give up their lives to stand for their faith. In America here, we, don't exp we seem not to experience that. I, I grew up in Nigeria, and people actually die. I know people that have died for their faith, and they were killed by Muslim extremists. I, I just want to slip this in here. Uh, you know, it, it, it will come to the knowledge of someone, handy to someone's knowledge. If you happen to miss the rapture, don't take the mark of the beast. Six, six, six. Don't take the mark of the beast. But please don't miss the rapture. Because Jesus is coming soon. <laughs> Hallelujah. So get ready. Jesus is coming soon. I just felt to put that in there. If you find yourself that you missed it, stand strong. Don't take that mark. Don't take that mark. From the story of the boys, we see that the, their stance shows a change and a transformation that had gone on in their lives. Because when you look at Daniel chapter 1, you see that when God took handed over King Joachim, the king of Judah, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, you begin to understand that God gave the king of Judah into the hands of the Babylonian kingdom because the children of Israel were in idolatry and did not observe the Sabbath, Sabbath in accordance with the book of Leviticus. So the children, of Israel, the children of Israel, the three Hebrew boys understood the dangers of idolatry and they were determined to observe and stand in their faith. 
Then they said to themselves, we're not going back to what got us into captivity in the first place. In James chapter 1 verse 12, the Bible tells us, beloved, blessed rather, is the one who perseveres under trial. Say, tell someone, persevere. Because having stood the test, the person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I wanted to say aloud, I must stand the test. I must persevere. And I must get that crown. Amen. Paul says in Ephesians 6, 11, 10 to 11, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the evil, against the devil's schemes. Amen. Stand strong. Paul says the purpose of the armor is to stand strong against the devil. So what did the boys do? The boys what? stood strong against the devil and, uh, and against the king, against the enemy, against the king's devices. Now, the king was so angry. After the boy said, we will not bow, the king was so angry that the king ordered that the fire be heated seven times. And that leads us to our second point. Remember, our first point was to stand strong. Somebody say, stand strong. After the fire was heated seven times, the boys were faced with a certain future. And that leads us to our second point, face fear. Somebody say face fear. The boys had to face their, their fears. Were the boys afraid? Yes. The boys were afraid. In fact, they decided to face their fears by standing strong no matter what. Now, science, scientists tells us that every human being is subject and has the capacity to fear. That fear is part of the human nature. How many of us agree with that? It's human nature. No matter how strong your faith, each and every one of us is confronted with a certain reality of fear. In fact, science tells us that a human being is faced with two innate fears that we are born with. And the fear are the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. And all the kinds of fears are learned. Now, if the, let's, let's take for instance that the three Hebrew boys did not have any kind of other fears that the only kinds of fears they had were the two fears that human beings are naturally born with. Number one, the fear of loud noises. Remember that the, the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, requested that a, 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 a sound be blasted forth and the whole nations, the Bible says, nations and peoples from every tribe and tongue heard the sound of music. So it tells me that the sound was loud. So that could have made them to be afraid. Number two, the fear of falling. Now, in the Babylonian Empire, fiery furnaces were made in valleys. So the Bible tells us that the children of the Israel, Israel, the Hebrew boys, were thrown into the fire. So we read in the verse, the verse specifically says that the boys fell into the fire. So they were also confronted by the fear of falling. 
but we were told that the boy is too strong. Somebody say stand strong. They face fear and child of God in our day today, fear is real. People are afraid for many and all kinds of reasons. Fear creeps on us for many reasons and even in our lives when we feel alone and feel isolated we can be afraid. I'm glad that the boys were three and not one because they had somebody to draw comfort from and that's why you need a life group. <laughs> I always say that those that are accompanying you determine what you accomplish. So surround yourself with people that will encourage you when the going gets tough. There were three Hebrew boys, not one. Now, even if it was one person, we know that in moments of fear, we have God that never leaves nor forsakes us. That when we are alone, we have God to be around us. And the boys knew the consequences of not bowing down and they were willing to face their fear. Now we see in Daniel chapter 3 verse 19 something extraordinary. Daniel 3, 19 to 23. When King Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his attitude towards them changed. Now, I don't have time to go deep into this. The Bible says he commanded the soldiers to tie up the boys. The strongest soldiers that tied up the boys and they threw them into the fire. Now, one of the things that make me laugh sometimes is that the devil seems to have selective amnesia because he tied their hands and he tied their legs. But one thing he forgot to do was to tie their mouths. In the same way, Paul and Silas were tied on their arms and tied on their legs, but he forgot to tie their mouth. Child of God, your mouth is your most dangerous weapon. The devil seems to make all kinds of mistakes. And because, you know, it, it, it behoves my imagination that the enemy would think that he would crucify a carpenter on a wooden cross and bury him in a grave made of stone when he is the chief cornerstone. Oh, I don't know about you, but he put Daniel in the lion's den when Daniel served the lion of the tribe of Judah. He put the three Hebrew boys in fire when the God that they serve is a consuming fire and appeared to Moses and the burning bush and as well to the Israelites by pillar of fire by night. There is no thing that the enemy can do to you and I that God does not have an answer to. But when you find yourself in that situation, remember your strongest weapon is your mouth. Because once you can praise your way out, deliverance is on the way. When I was born, I was born premature. And the doctors had told my mom that I did not have the capacity to survive. 
Because I was born six months instead of nine months, so I was kept in an incubator. So tiny to survive outside the bottle. But my mom said, not my child. Not my child. They took me from one hospital to the next, to the next, to the next. But my mom held on to God. My grandmother looked at me as a boy, as a baby boy, and said, this boy, why not just throw him into the trash? Because he will not survive. But my God, my mom shouted out to the Lord that as for me and my child, we will serve the Lord. Child of God, no matter what fire you're going through, you must be able to use your mouth and say in that fire, in that circumstance, that God will bring me out. Somebody shout hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. The Hebrew boys decided to stand strong. Somebody say, stand strong. They decided to face fear. Somebody say, face fear. And finally, they decided to trust God. Somebody say, trust God. Trust God. Trust God. In that fire, trust God. In that situation, trust God. Trust God. You must trust God in that fire. I don't know what fire you might be going through in your family, workplace, around you, in your neighborhood, in your sickness, in your disease, but you must trust God because unusual encounters are preceded by unusual fate. It was Smith Wigglesworth that made a statement that great fate is the product of great fight. Great testimonies are an outcome of great test and great triumph can only come out of great great triumph, trials. Trust God in the trial. Trust God in the trial. Trust God in the trial because my God will deliver you. Hallelujah. I'm going to begin to round up in a moment. But the Bible tells us that when the children were thrown in the fire, the boys, you know what amazes me is that how they survived the fall. Because the men that took them into the fire, just by coming close, couldn't survive the heat. When you read the story, we don't have time to read through the entire story. The men that took them, they were the strongest soldiers. And they were taking this 11 and 13 year old boy to the fire and the strongest men of the strongest did not survive the heat. And yet the boys were tied and thrown into the fire. In Daniel 3, we see something unusual. The king, after they were thrown into the fire, the king waited for a little bit. And then the king leaped to his feet in amazement and said to his advisors, weren't there four men, or rather weren't there three men in the fire? Daniel chapter 3, verse 24 Wherein there three men were threw in the fire. The advisor said, yes, king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king looked in the fire and probably counted one, two, three. But wait a minute. 
I see a foot man in the fire. You know the thing about it is that the children of Israelites, the three Hebrew boys trusted God. They trusted in the trouble. They trusted in the trial. And they trusted God until the triumph. But the king was confused because the king did not understand why four people are in the fire. And the Bible tells us they were not just in the fire. They were in the fire walking around. They were walking around back and forth. You know, when I read that verse, the interesting thing about the verse is that I know that people ordinarily do not walk around fire. So when you read the original translation of that verse, it actually says they were walking around with joy. You know what I think they were doing? They were praising God. <laughs> you know, when you allow the fire to unleash your praise, the fire that was meant to kill you will consume what was meant to hold you down. Because one of the first things we noticed was that the fire loosed their bonds. It broke their bonds. And Nebuchadnezzar looked, who is that fourth man? You know, one of the things in scriptures, we begin to understand that Bible scholars believe it was a theophany, a manifestation of Christ in the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament is Christ concealed and the New Testament is Christ revealed. Regardless, God sent his presence into the fire. Do you know God reveals himself to us in a fiery situation? Many a times we think, you know, God... Many people think they know God un until they get into a fire. Because you really don't have a clue about Jehovah Jireh, your provider, if you have not lacked anything. You, you, you really don't know God as your Jehovah Shalom if you have never had trouble. You really don't know God as Jehovah Rapha if you have never been sick. It's one thing to read about fire. It's another thing to be in the fire you have to trust God many a times we're going through situations but you have to trust God I'm going to round up with a few scriptures that we're going to pray in Psalms 9 verse 10 the Bible says those who know your name Lord are never forsaken the psalmist understood this now, when we read the final parts of that story, because there are just so many aspects to the story, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 27, we begin to see that the fire did not harm their bodies. Because after they were, the king saw them walking around, praising God, walking around in the fire, the king stood out and called their names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out! If the king truly had power, he should have gone inside to get them. <laughs> but he had to call them out. We're told that the fire did not harm their body. In fact, it was the Babylonians that observed it. That the fires did not harm their bodies. That the fires did not harm their hair. 
the fires did not burn their clothes and they had no smell of smoke. Imagine going to the fire and not be barbecued. In fact, when I read the verse, the verse actually says their hair was not singled. It actually directly translated hot. Even their hair was not even hot. Now, the hair is the most inflammable part of the body. You don't even need to over near fire. Just brush a fire on your hair and it will catch fire. Michael Jackson realized that in the 80s when, when he, he had that experience. I really didn't mean to say that. That came out all of a sudden. <laughs> but their, their clothes were not even burned. Imagine clothes not even catching fire. Anointed coat. Even Gucci has nothing on them. And the strange thing was that they did not even smell of smoke. Oh, my, 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 that would preach <laughs> right there. You know, I remember back in the day when I was a bachelor and my neighbor was barbecuing. All the smell would come into my area, you know. In the barbecuing, uh, rib steak, ribeye steak with, with jack spices. And I could smell it right in my house. And, you know, that's when I remember to just that I've not said hello to my neighbor in a long time. So I run to the house of my neighbor. I say, neighbor, is it the smell coming from you or is it the other neighbor? There is no way that you can be through fire and not smell like fire. That's why when you are, even if you have been through what you are going through and you come out on the other side, people will look at you and say you don't even smell like what you have been through. You don't even smell like it. God gives you a new perfume. Mm. You know why? Because when God shows up, the very presence of God changes the atmosphere. That even the smell is not the same. Because where the presence of God is, there is liberty, there is freedom, there is deliverance, there is a turning around, there is deliverance, there is a breakthrough, there is faith, there is breakthrough. Where the presence of God is, there is deliverance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the, uh, I, I have a few, many things to say, but I'm out of time now. <laughs> it is bad theology for someone to say, God does not allow us to go through a difficulty. God sometimes allows us to go through problems. If you notice, God did not rescue them before the fire. He said, just come, I will meet you in the fire. The psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He did not say you will not walk it. Even though you walk, I will be with you. You know, child of God, God allows a fire for you to walk through a fire for a reason and also for a season. I'm going to end with this. 
Yesterday, my daughter, my nine-year-old lovely daughter, adorable Adora, she was making her first banana, no, um, carrot cake, her first carrot cake. Her mom was teaching her how to make her first carrot cake. And the thing about carrot cakes, you ladies know how you make and you bake and you cook. You know, when my wife is baking something in the oven, every now and then she does what ladies do. She brings it out, slides it out, cuts it, and to check whether it's ready on the inside, right? And if it's not, she puts it back into the heat until it's ready both on the outside and on the inside. Sometimes God allows you to go through the fire, but he's getting you ready for his glory. Although it may look like you are done on the outside, but God is looking on your inside. He's trying to make sure you're ready all the way through so that when you appear before him, he can say, well done. In the end, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood strong, faced fear, and trusted God. The Bible says in Daniel 3.30 that the king promoted Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. God ultimately used the experience to bless them. Now your promotion is on the other side of the fire. We're going to pray in a moment. But when I read the story, I couldn't find rest until I had to ask myself one more question. Why did the Bible not tell us what happened to the fourth man? Because when the king called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to come out from the fire, we were told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out. But what happened to the fourth man? You know, theologians say it's symbolic because the fourth man did not come out because he's still waiting for you when you get into the fire. Because of the omnipresent nature of God, God has assured us that when you get in the flood, I will be with you. When you are in the storm, I am waiting right there for you in the valley. When you get through that difficult situation, I am with you. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.